The Urban Broadcast Collective brings together the best podcasts on cities and urban life. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. At the very basic level, I guess, what we're trying to signal by this term of urban alliance is a kind of political formation that's not just about a particular issue uh, and is also not just based on a particular identity, but is an alliance that kind of operates the thing that binds people together is their shared inhabitants of a city. So an urban alliance might actually bring together some of those issue-based and identity-based movements that operate in a city, but sort of say, well, hang on, We've got our own particular interest here, but maybe we also have a common interest because we're all in Sydney or we're all in Barcelona or wherever it might be. You're listening to City Road. I'm Sophie Weber. And I'm Isabel Napier from the Sydney Policy Lab. This is the first episode in a series about the democratic experiment. City Road and the Sydney Policy Lab are on a mission to find the spaces and places where democracy happens. Today we're investigating how people come together in cities and work to improve lives for themselves and their neighbours. We're talking about a phenomenon called urban alliances. They're new kinds of political movements that are emerging in cities around the world. We'll look at what they are and why they're important in a two-part episode. In the first, we're talking with Associate Professor Kurt Iverson. The urban alliances we'll learn about are not just flash-in-the-pan protests on the latest political bugbear. Rather, Kurt is focused on uncovering new democratic practices that last, and particularly those practices that flourished in the aftermath of protests such as the Arab Spring, Occupy, or the Umbrella Movement. After the streets and after the occupations emerge some more durable experiments that seek to make our cities better more accessible, more fun, more accountable, more convivial, more green, and more fair. Right, um, I'm Kurt Iverson. I'm an Associate Professor of Urban Geography at the University of Sydney. The premise of Kurt's research is that cities are particularly important for democracy and for equality. There's a basic demographic thing about, you know, majority of the world's population now living in cities. And as well as being a boring statistic, that's really important in the sense of the particular problems of everyday life in cities are now being experienced by so many billions of people around the planet. So just really basic questions of water, of food, of housing, of transport, they all take a very particular form in an urban environment. So sorting out just that basic stuff in a city context for so many people Cities are so important then because that's where we live and where we love or where we try to live and love. But it's not just that. feels to me as though the way that urban inhabitants are responding to those problems and trying to improvise new ways of sort of addressing those issues and answering those big questions are actually now sort of telling us something about what democracy actually is and what equality actually is. Um, that the experiments that are going on around the planet in cities in forms of sort of citizen organising and action are actually, yeah, you know, the latest in a long series of kind of mutations and experimentations in what those big questions of equality and democracy are and how we answer them. The story we tell ourselves about democracy mostly focuses on nation states. 
But for Kurt and for these urban alliances, cities are still so important. There's something about the place of the city in those bigger processes of nationalisation and globalisation that still means it's absolutely crucial as a kind of test bed of these really basic fundamental questions in democracy, like who counts as a democratic subject and what are the rights and responsibilities of a citizen and uh, how should a citizen participate in their own governance and that the answers that emerge to those questions and the new answers that emerge sort of just keep emerging from these sort of urban struggles and urban contexts, not exclusively, but uh, certainly really interestingly and importantly. These questions about who counts as a democratic subject and how we should participate in a democracy are being creatively reimagined in cities around the world. These reimaginings are called urban alliances. So those urban alliances are kind of alliances of different citizen civil society groups in any given city, maybe coming from community sector and from faith groups and from trade unions and neighborhood associations, etc., who are coming together on the basis of their kind of shared inhabitants of a given city and saying that they have a set of common interests that they're going to try and pursue together, maybe through electoral politics, maybe through different forms of community and urban or- organizing. Uh, so the project is kind of looking at the different ways that this organizing is happening around the world, trying to tease out some lessons for when they've been most effective, when they're most powerful, but also you know tease out some of the bigger conceptual implications of these movements for democracy itself and how we understand those questions of what democracy is and who participates in it and how they participate. Community organising is a term we often hear alongside urban alliances. Simply put, community organising gathers people with shared interests to take collective action to improve the world they live in. They often organise around issues such as housing, the environment, healthcare, immigration, and jobs. And when successful, they come up with imaginative solutions to problems that governments struggle to solve. Kurt talks about urban alliances taking different forms in different cities. Those alliances then are taking some pretty interesting and different forms around the world. Some of them are sort of latching onto much older forms of community organising, like those associated with a network called the Industrial Areas Foundation. And that Foundation is kind of based on some principles that Saul Alinsky developed in the 20th century in the United States around community organizing that, you know, Barack Obama was most famously one of the exponents of that sort of model of organizing. So in Sydney, in London, um, and in all sorts of places over the United States, we see IAF style alliances um, that are always non-partisan in the sense that they don't get involved in electoral politics directly, but they try and bring together different elements of civil society like unions and churches and community groups into an alliance that can sort of put pressure back on the marketplace and on government. In other cities, like Barcelona, citizen platforms are somewhat looser than IAF-style organising. But these groups are getting involved in electoral politics. With the election of Aracalao as mayor, who's associated with this Barcelona en commu, Barcelona altogether sort of citizen platform, they've actually got right stuck in to uh, trying to sort of recapture City Hall, as it were, uh, and connect up being an insider in that space with the social movements that they were participating in outside.
You're listening to 2SER 107.3 in Sydney. I'm Isabel Napier from the Sydney Policy Lab, and you're listening to this City Road series on the Democratic Experiment. In the next part of the discussion, Kurt talks about the global network of urban alliances. The impulse of the activist is the same as the impulse that I would have as a researcher, which is that if you're trying to do this thing in Sydney or you're trying to do it in Barcelona or Jakarta, then one of the first questions you're going to ask is, well, who's doing this somewhere else and how are they doing it? And so the networks become these really important spaces for learning and for the transfer of strategies and tactics and principles um, across distance. So it's not always a smooth or frictionless process, you know, quite frequently um, you see a lot of push and shove <laughs> between the different uh, elements of those networks, but that's why I think they've become really important. So part of our research is to try and take a few cases um, from each of those networks and sort of see how the different principles that they're, they're sort of articulating centrally are being enacted locally and how translation and diffusion uh, are working out in practice. So it's not only that there are different models, but the fabric of cities, the political practices of cities, even the ecologies of cities make a difference for how these urban alliances operate and the wins that they can have. The geographies and socialities of Sydney matter for its urban organising, particularly... The form of government that we have here, I guess, and the scale of governance, there's not an obvious target at the metropolitan scale. You know, lots of the urban infrastructures that people live with in Sydney are provided by the state government. Local councils are important, but probably less and less important in some areas, particularly on some of the strategic planning questions as their powers have been taken away by agencies like the Greater Sydney Commission that's been established by the New South Wales government. So across that sort of patchwork of governance arrangements, um, if you're trying to get a kind of universal standard for public transport up and running, or if you're trying to get a universal provision around affordable housing in new developments, then you've got to kind of operate across those different scales of governance when you're working in Sydney. You know, there's not one mayor of Sydney that you can put on a platform and say, dear mayor, you know, will you do this? There's potentially a housing minister who's not even got a seat in Sydney um, and is answerable to constituents from Sydney and beyond uh, to what they're doing. There's local councils that might want to say yes, but not quite have the power to say yes. So yeah, you know, it's been difficult, say, taking an ask like that and figuring out where it is that we can get traction on it. Um, and so we've sort of eventually ended up operating across those different scales, trying to work with local government, trying to work with the Greater Sydney Commission, work with the housing minister to try and get some commitments across those spaces. Every city has its own culture and history of doing politics. That any strategy of alliance building is going to have to be able to connect with. So again, looking at the research in Barcelona, for instance, you know, there was a kind of long history, for instance, of, you know, the neighbourhood and neighbourhood assemblies and neighbourhood organising being sort of built into politics in Barcelona. So when this idea of a kind of platform emerged, it really very strongly connected to that idea of the kind of localised assembly as its kind of constituent base, right? That the politicians who've been elected on that platform still every month go back out into the barrios and attend those neighbourhood meetings and are accountable to them. So what are those structures in Sydney that we're used to participating in? And, you know, they are political parties that don't really think of themselves as being geographically organised. And they are other organisations like 
community centers and churches that maybe do think about themselves geographically, but much more locally than on a metropolitan scale. Uh, and then there are others like unions that, again, maybe think about themselves being based in the workplace rather than in the city. So trying even across our constituent partner organizations to develop a kind of what you might call urban consciousness that, you know, we are coming together on the basis of our shared location in Sydney and trying to act on that has been a challenge as well. But the culture of politics and overlapping scales of governance haven't always worked in the favour of urban activists in Sydney. Part of our reason for doing the work is because we also, having been involved here in Sydney for several years, have a set of frustrations that we're trying to work through about the lack of power uh, and the lack of success that we've had here in Sydney. You know, we can point uh, in the Urban Alliance space in Sydney to a few kind of, I guess, what we might call local or small scale wins on, on issues, but definitely haven't had that big citywide impact that we would really hope for. Um, and so as much as when I've got my organizer hat on, you do end up going around, you know, talking about, oh, this great win that we had on, you know, um, concession travel for asylum seekers in Sydney, which is a great win. Uh, and we want to talk it up, but um, with my research hat on, it's kind of like, well, it's a, it's a win, but it's not the kind of, you know, changing the living wage kind of win that they had in London. the future. Part of what I hope that the research will do is at least contribute to that future uh, by engaging with people who are practitioners in that space. And I think one really important role that we're hoping that this research will play is actually bringing together practitioners across those network boundaries that I was just talking about before. So, you know, there is great networking going on within the Industrial Areas Foundation, within this Emergent Fearless Cities Network, within the kind of Greenpeace Urban Revolution Network, say, uh, and even within regional alliances like um, some of those in Southeast Asia. But as we're going out there doing case study and field work research with some of those groups, um, you know, we've got built into the sort of final stages of the project a plan to bring representatives from each of our case study you know partners here to Sydney to start actually exchanging stories um, with one another about what's working for them in their models and thinking about you know what are the things that might be translatable across the networks so I certainly think the intention of the research here is to make a contribution to that future uh, and to try and make it like the one I just described a moment ago now of course you know you could have aspirations like that um, and we all know the realities of doing this work is never going to be quite so easy. But um, yeah, it's certainly a, a kind of engaged research we hope that will um, get involved in those futures. Kurt, thanks for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hello everyone, Dallas Rogers here from City Road Podcast. And just a quick note about this partnership with the Sydney Policy Lab. The Sydney Policy Lab builds partnerships between communities, policymakers and researchers at the University of Sydney. Kurt and Amanda are research leads for the lab. Together they're investigating how everyday urban issues become flashpoints in broader debates about cities, belonging and politics. With the support of the Henry Halloran Trust, they've travelled far and wide to see what urban alliances look like, how people are building power together in different cities, and what lessons in success can be shared across cities around the world. Up next, we'll keep exploring urban alliances with Kurt's collaborator, Dr Amanda Tattersall. 
Amanda is an urban activist and researcher, and she'll be talking about her work uncovering new urban alliances in Cape Town and Barcelona. If you like the show, you can find us on cityroadpod.org.